This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Point where you just feel like you're, you're around for a token, you know, because you knew that you were never going to have a chance to leave. I'm not asking for, you know, a miracle. I'm asking for just a shot and just a chance. And then I'll take that and I can use that and run with it. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But I wasn't even given that chance. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. If you are new here, welcome. We are me. I always say we, but I'm really just talking to myself. It's me, um, Sydney, your host. I created this podcast as a way to share the journey of all my amazing guests and just kind of lift the veil behind really inspiring people, entrepreneurs, influencers, reality TV contestants, all of that to kind of get a feel, an idea for where people have come from, what qualities got them to where they are today, what makes them successful and all of that amazing stuff. I wanted to talk about before we bring on our guest today, I had a, a little Zoom call with a sorority called Theta New. Shout out Theta New um, last weekend where I got to sit down with some college students and some alumni from their college and just got to talk about life, my experience on the show, and just kind of what I'm up to and what inspires me. And it got me thinking about this question of what would I tell my younger self? And I talked about this on my social media, but I think this period of time in your life when you're graduating school and when there's so many things on the horizon and opportunities. It's such an exciting time. It's also a very daunting kind of scary time. So I was thinking after that conversation is like, what would I wish I knew when I was that age? And these are kind of the things that I came up with. But one, I wish someone told me that you're allowed to make mistakes. It's more than okay. I mean, for me, coming from a dance background, mistakes were not very welcome. You could make them maybe once and that was it. They wanted you to be as close to perfect as possible, which gives you a lot of skewed perceptions of yourself and what you're trying to achieve in the world. So I wish someone told me like, mistakes are okay. Mistakes are actually really good. Those are the moments where you learn the most. Those are the moments where you learn the most about yourself, how strong you are. And once you learn that that lesson, hopefully you do. You don't have to make that mistake again. You can continue on with that new knowledge into the direction that you're supposed to be going. So mistakes are welcome here. I think it's such a good learning experience and something that I always saw so negatively, but mistakes is when I look back and just that's when I really, really grew up and learned and was able to accomplish even more after I learned those lessons. The second thing was to ask for help. I think what's so daunting about college and graduating and going into the workforce is, okay, you took these four or more years for certain people to go into this one career path that you thought was the thing that you're supposed to be doing. And a lot of times it is. And then you're expected to get a job and then just continue to work and then life kind of happens. But I think what's interesting is that sometimes we don't really know. And sometimes we'll 
it takes us a long time to figure out what we want to do. And that sometimes means that the thing that you thought that you wanted to do your whole life forever was not actually the thing that you enjoyed once you got to see it firsthand, once you experienced it. So I think something that would be important is to ask for help, to seek inspiration like I like to do on this podcast and see what you're drawn to when you get out into the real world and you're looking at certain people that you look up to notice that. Notice why is it that I look up to that person? Like, What is it that I see about their job or their experience that I would want that for myself? And those are kind of clues that you can take into figuring out what you want to do with your life. And if you find those people, if you find the people that you're like, oh, I like what she's doing. I think that's inspiring. Reach out to them. And maybe they won't respond and that's okay too. But I think sometimes you may be surprised at how responsive people can be. And maybe they can just give you that little thing that's going to push you in the right direction. Maybe they can mentor you or maybe they you can just do all the research on how that person got to where they are and apply it to your life. Follow those same steps and then see if it takes you in that direction. I think that it's really cool and really helpful to ask for help. And that doesn't have to be this like higher up person that's unattainable. It can be people that you know all around you that have aspects of what you want for your life. So I'd say the third thing is, to take really big chances with your life. And that doesn't mean be reckless, but take those scary moves, go in that direction that you're being called to. Take that chance, take those risks, especially when you're young. You have all the time in the world. You don't need to necessarily go straight into the job you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's okay to make shifts and watch your life go in different directions than you might not have thought when you were going into school. Those moments when you're like, I actually don't know if this road is going to lead me where I need to go. I don't even really know where I'm supposed to be going. But you do it anyways, and opportunity comes up, and you're like, why not? Those are the moments that are really going to make the biggest changes in your life. And not every decision will be this massive. There's all these little decisions that happen to get to this point. But when those opportunities come, I say go for it. I say take the risk. I say it's always better to take the risk, get burned, fine, and then know learn the lesson than it is to hold back, let yourself stay small and never grow into the version of the self that you're supposed to be. I say that those big chance moments are the things that are going to get you into that direction that you're supposed to be. Also know that we never arrive. Like Even when you get to the place that you thought you always wanted to get to, it's never going to feel like I'm good here. I'm going to stay here. You're always going to keep growing. You're always going to be shifting. So it's recognizing those accomplishments, but still continuing to grow and push yourself and bettering yourself and all of those things. The fourth thing I was talking about was harnessing your intuition. And what I mean by that is the best voice and the most important voice is the one that's within yourself. And I think that you have to really harness that voice because there can be a lot of influences on you from things that you watch on TV to things that you see in social media where you think, oh, I should be doing what she's doing. I should be taking that route. And it's not always the case. Everyone's going to go on their own journey. I think really tuning in to what you're meant to be doing is important. So that's really getting clear on what you like, what you don't like, noticing that. And then the more that you get clear on that, the more that you can kind of work with your intuition or push yourself to understand it. You can look back on your life in those moments where something kind of fell into place or something fell into your lap and a a change that you liked worked out, something just worked out for you. Then you can look back on those moments and think like, okay, what was my mindset around that time? What was I doing? What were the steps that happened before that, that I was able to get to that place? And then by looking back and kind of noting that, you can further harness your intuition. So when those things kind of come up again, the same patterns or the same decisions have to be made, you'll be able to make them 
even better, even more clear because you have that intuition. A fifth thing is developing your mindset around money. And I'm going to have someone coming on here to talk about finances. She's a really incredible woman. So I'm excited for that conversation because honestly, growing up as a performer and a dancer, I always in the back of my mind, whether I realized it or not, I had this kind of lack mentality, especially around money. And the reason for that is because I was constantly in pursuit of the next job, the next audition. It was never consistent. Money was would flow and then it would stop. That's kind of my patterning or what I saw around money. And I just never understood that there could be flow or that the fact that money is energy. And the better your energy, the better your mindset around money, the more the money is going to flow. And I know that sounds very vague, but I think in order to harness that and to develop your mindset around money, you have to understand how it works. You have to track your finances. You have to budget. You have to just learn how it works and how you can best use it for yourself. Then the more you understand it, the less scary it is, the less daunting it is. Like I remember not ever wanting to check my bank account because I was just afraid it would be not enough or that I would see something that I didn't want to see. But that is not the way to go about your finances. You need to know what's coming in and out. It's important. So that one is huge. And that's something, honestly, that I still work on today. And I'm super excited to have that guest on so we can talk all about money. Um, I would say last thing, stop being so hard on yourself. We've talked about this a lot. Life is going to happen. Nothing is easy ever, especially from my (laughs) perspective or how I've kind of gone through my life. But Nothing really comes easy. And if it looks like it comes easy for people, some people that might happen to, but don't compare yourself. Gonna do you no good if you're just thinking, oh, she got it. I could never get it because she has this and that. Don't even think about that. Focus on yourself. You're on your own timeline. It may take you longer to get where you're supposed to be, and that is okay. It may take you three podcasts to finally get to the podcast that you enjoy and that you were you felt like you're meant to be doing, and that's okay. And hopefully I can act as an example for that. So I think all in all, just give yourself the time, the space, know that you can change, know that you can grow, know that you can shift in a completely different direction no matter what other people are thinking or what idea they had for you and your future. It's your life. It's your opportunities. Go for it. So hopefully that was helpful. That was just kind of on my heart lately. And I always ask people to share at the end of the episode. And that's what I kind of wanted to share today. So yeah, if you have questions about that, if you have anything that maybe so out to you, DM me, DM me on the podcast, Instagram or wherever I respond and let's talk further about it. Um, today we have Tammy on the podcast. She's incredible. She is from Peter's season of The Bachelor. She was definitely a standout character. She was very outspoken. She got into some drama, kind of a lot, but she's definitely a character that you remember. And she also has kind of a special place in my heart as a Asian American within this franchise. It's not necessarily an easy role to play. And I she taught me this, but she was the first full Asian, her and another girl in her season that have been on the franchise, which is insane to think about how many years there's been and there was never been a full Asian woman. I That's crazy to me. So we can share a lot about that. And I think especially right now around with all that's happening around the Asian community and all of the darkness and sadness that is happening and just all of that horrible stuff, I think it's important to lift up those voices and to support them and hear their journeys and hear their stories because, yeah, there's, it's just important. And it's something that I care very deeply about as a half Asian American woman and someone that was on this franchise. I feel like we don't always get a voice, especially within matrimonial nation. And I hope that changes as we go along. So 
enjoy this conversation with Tammy. If you're new here, guys, I always love a review, something positive, five stars if you feel called to that. And make sure you shout us out on Instagram. You can tag me or something to share pod on Instagram and we'll repost. Um, So without further ado, here is Tammy. Enjoy, guys. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome, Tammy, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. First off, my boyfriend wants me to tell you that you're a savage. Um, he watched oh your God. season. I'm dead. He, your guys' love story is so cute. I like look over it over and over again. I go, I can't believe that he just slid into the DMs and then this girl just drove or flew there. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, with many a steps, you just kind of – I think once you go on that show, you kind of get a better intuition about dating because you just focus on it so much for a long period of time. So my intuition was right and it worked out, but he did say that he slid into your DMs at one point to tell you that you were a savage because that is his favorite thing to do is to troll people, but in like a fun way, not in like the normal trolling the way Bachelor Nation is. He loves to respond to people, which is how we ended up meeting, but you were on his list of people he had trolled. <laughs> hey, tell him I said thank you and I said hi. He's awesome. I will. I will. Um, so Tammy, I'm a big fan of yours and I watched your experience on Bachelor, but I always love to kind of like go to the beginning before Bachelor, before any of the fame or whatever you want to call it. Who was Tammy before the show and why did you want to go on to The Bachelor? Oh gosh. Tammy before the show is the same Tammy that you see, um, on TV, essentially. Um, I'm a very fiery personality you know, I fight for the things that I believe in and I want. I fight for people who don't have voices because at one point I was a person that didn't have a voice. So, yeah, I mean, workaholic, I've always been that way and single as can be, which is why I went on the show. <laughs> yeah. You're in Syracuse, New York. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. So what is the dating dynamic in Syracuse? Like, cause I was living in New York city when I applied for the show. So New York state is pretty tough from what I've experienced. Cause I was there for a while. Um, how is dating like in upstate New York? Is it any better? <laughs> um, my dating life is very fickle. If that's the right term, it's, I'm very an intimidating person, especially to male um, species, yeah. but every date that I've gone on or like dating that I've done have been very limited or like very short lived. I've only ever had one serious boyfriend and that's mm -hmm. when I was like 19. Mm -hmm. So I was very young, naive, um, thought that I was in love, you know, all those things. Yeah. But I think I just focus so much on my work now that I don't really make time for dating, which is why the show is so perfect for me because I just had to only focus on dating and not my businesses because I, in my list of priorities, I feel like my work comes first before dating. Not that I'm not opposed to it. I think that if someone's going to come along that's going to want to be part of my life, they're going to have to adapt to this life that I've built and it won't be revolving around them. 
I could see why you're intimidating because you have all these businesses. You are very strong-minded and very outspoken. So I can see why that would come off as intimidating, but it just comes with needing the right type of guy. Um, where does that these qualities about you come from? Was this something that your family instilled from you? Because I know you come from like immigrant parents and all of that. Can you tell me about like your family dynamic? Because I'm sure it has something so, to do with it. I have a very non-traditional family. Um, yes, I am a first-generation Vietnamese, um, but my parents are very westernized, you know. And I think them their lack of attention in my life growing up f- made me fight to why I am the way that I am today. Um, Cause when people meet me, they're like, I bet your parents are so proud. Like you run your own businesses and you're so hardworking, but like they have no idea about like the trauma that I've been through. And like, we're all past it now. I don't believe in like holding grudges or anything, mm-hmm. but I think, yeah, my, both my parents are narcissists in, in the best way possible of describing the word, but that's ultimately what they are. So like growing up, I had to raise my two sisters basically, you know, I put them through college, um, pay for groceries and everything um, at a young age. And I was kind of like their mother figure. Um, So yeah, I think I lived a life at some point when I was younger where it was just so bad. And I told myself that I will never live this life because I'm going to work my ass off to not live the life that I was living. The only way to do that is to put your own work into it and, you know, go against all the odds. I mean, I'm a minority, I'm a female and I'm young. Like those are the three worst things to be in the workplace and like in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. So all the odds were against me, but I pride myself on being able to take those and using it as motivation, as fire to build what I've built thus far and continue to build. Wow. That's incredible. I didn't know that you, I had read a little bit that you you had raised them or helped raise them, but I didn't realize to the extent of that. So that makes sense why you've like grown up so quickly as you have. And you, you come across very mature from watching you and like watching your Instagram and stuff like that. Um, so I commend you on that. I can't imagine what that was like. So then that makes sense why, cause you said that your mom didn't know that you had applied for the show or that you were going to be on it. What was that conversation like then once you were just announced by ABC that you'd be on television? Um, yeah, nobody knew except for my sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted this experience to be just my own and I wanted it to be a decision that I made myself. And again, with my parents being narcissists, like I tell my mom all the time, brutally honest, that she wouldn't have, she wouldn't love me as much if I wasn't successful and pretty in her eyes. Um, unfortunately, but that's why if I told her that I was going on the show before then she would just make it about her. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like she still does a little bit. She kind of doesn't understand it to a point. Like she understands that I was on television, but doesn't extent understand the extent of it. And I'm happy that she doesn't because she would take it and use it for gloating purposes. And I don't want to be used as a gloating purpose. You know, um, are you guys still connected today or do you kind of, what is your relationship like with your, with your mom? My mom and my dad, my relationship with them have been better than I could ever even imagine it being. I mean, really, not really a daughter parent uh, dynamic. It's more of like a friendship dynamic with like the love of being part of my family. You know, um, I help my mom with a lot of things, um, like retirement plans and like figuring out all the legalities that she just puts on me because I speak fluent English, even though she does too, but she pretends that she doesn't. So I would do everything for her, that kind of dynamic, but I love her so much. Um, I go to visit her every so often if I can, but she's always moving around. So it's hard to keep up. Like I have to have a tracker on her because she'll just keep moving around. And then I have to figure out where her next accommodations are. And so it's a big whole headache, but 
we're good. I love her. My dad also, I did not grow up um, liking a lot, actually at all. We used to fight all the time, but for my 18th birthday, he told me that he wasn't my real dad. Really? Yeah. So that was like kind of like a punch in the face. And it makes sense of why he didn't want to love me the way he does with my sisters. But now we're good. We're like business partners. We flip houses, um, some houses together. So we're, we're fine. Everyone's fine. Wow. Okay. There was a lot in there. Um, a lot in there. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you guys had like a, not so much like a mother, daughter, father, daughter relationship. It felt almost like friends mm-hmm. in a way or like that kind of a vibe. Um, did your mom ever thank you for any of the work that you did, like helping raise your sisters no. or no? Okay. I don't think she will. <laughs> yeah. Did you find out who your real father is then after? I, mean, I kind of don't care to. Is that okay? very cold of me I really don't know I mean you, you know? never I knew him dad, I told him like sorry like you went this long with being my dad and sorry but you signed up for the job and that's what you got wow yeah I mean you're such an interesting person and I really enjoy that that takes a lot of strength to not always wonder but it seems like you're just like so focused on you, you and what you want to accomplish it's just kind of I'm focused on side. moving forward I really don't mm-hmm. believe in holding grudges or like holding on to things because how can you grow further if you keep getting held back by these little things, you know, and yeah. it may not be little things to certain people. Like there are a lot of people that would want to find out who their dad is, mm-hmm. but I don't think it would make a difference for me. Wow. Yeah. There, as long as you know that. Um, okay. Well then let's get into your time on the bachelor. Cause that's always a fun topic. Um, your season and you, I remember you from the beginning. So watching you on the show, you were the girl that they went to, to kind of describe what was going on. I played that role very much when I was on the show. So you were kind of the moderator essentially, or the person that was like, guess what's going on. Um, and I really enjoyed watching you and I thought you were very animated and very fun. And I always enjoyed that. There seemed to be like a shift around the middle of your time there where that wasn't your role as much. Can you just kind of walk me through like the start of your experience into this shift that happened? Yeah. I feel like I can really talk about this now because I'm not on contract, even though it still is intact for the rest of my life. But um, yes, there was a shift and I feel like we all felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that I acted, I mean, that's me just defending myself and I am not going to stand down or back down no matter what, you know, mm-hmm. I'm always going to stand up for myself because that's the only person I can rely to, to stand up for myself. So with the whole situations, I knew halfway through the process that a girl like me does not get far in this yeah. Caucasian based franchise, unfortunately. And this is before all the movements, like the black lives matter, like yeah. everything like that. So I kind of just used it to my advantage the best that I can as an Asian American. I'm the first full Asian person that they've had on the show. Really? I didn't realize that because mm-hmm. I was I was half and then there's a lot, been a lot of halfies. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But So me and Jasmine were the only full people and the first Vietnamese people at that. You know, it's a lot to hold on your shoulders, but being Asian doesn't define just me as a person. Like there's different dynamics of Asian people, you know? Like just yeah. because I'm Asian doesn't make me fit into this small box that you want to put me in as a secondary mm-hmm. character. And I'm not a secondary character, mm-hmm. but it's hard to fight the odds. I'm sure you have experienced that as well. But if I wasn't going to be in the shit, essentially, I wasn't going to make it far. And I needed time. And all we, we all know that time is 
the most valuable thing in that experience. And if I didn't get the time, then there was not even a chance for me to have with Peter, you know? Mm -hmm. So did I want to go after these girls? I mean, I thought those things of them. Would I normally go after them like out of nowhere in real life? Probably not. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but like without being in the shit, like I was not going to get. Yeah, involved. no, I can completely agree with that. Um, From my experience as well, I realized that for me on my season, there was two girls that were somewhat of Asian descent. It was myself and another girl that went home night one. So then when she went home, I was like, oh, my role here is now the Asian girl or the half Asian girl or whatever. So now I'm playing this part and that's what I'm representing. But it seems like for you that you were like, this is my role. Cool. I'm going to show this side of what that is where I was like, well, I'm going to do my best to represent that for everyone on this on this season. Did you like mentally think about that at all as far as what you were trying to portray or just kind of like you rolling with what was handed to you, with these relationships? I kind of was rolling with what I was handed to me and like I like to think outside the box, so you know, like how this could look. And it, it does come off a tacky in a sense, but like, is it because they expected an Asian character to be a soft and mild? Or because what if there was another person who's Caucasian who stood up for themselves? Like, yeah, like go them, like stand up for yourself, stand up for mm-hmm. all these other people. But when it's someone of color, they're not used to seeing that. I feel like that's why it looked really, really bad. Um, but I never meant for it to come off that way. You know, I don't know. It's a very tough situation because like, what's worse? Do I be forgotten or do I be in the crap yeah. of everything? Yeah. And it, it might just be The Bachelor or just like reality TV in general, but those are kind of your two options. If you're not having like a very strong relationship with the lead, The Bachelor, then it's either be in the fights or fade into the background. I kind of like went in the middle of that where you went. I'm not a background kind of person. So. Yeah. I think being in the crap was my best shot at being anything in this franchise, unfortunately. And it makes me very sad to say, but that's the truth. Yeah. No, I can totally see how that's very true. Um, going, Looking at what happened then from that, would you have chosen that role again or would you have changed anything of I it? I think it just looked worse than it really was in my opinion. Um, I have no ill feelings for these people now. Again, I don't hold grudges. Tense environment, you know, like we're all going to get into arguments because um, we're dating the same guy. But I don't know. I would, I wouldn't change it for the world again because it gave me my best chance at whatever is to come. What then? I've talked to McKenna on here and got her kind of side of things. Like, what was the feud? Why? How did this start? And like, how did it all kind of blow up to where it became on the show? The thing is, the feud wasn't even really a feud. I mean, all the girls have felt this way about her. Just no one wanted to stand up and say something, you know? Because girls like McKenna are the cookie cutter girls that go on the show. So are you fighting with the main characters or... Are you too afraid to, you know, cause everyone, a lot of people felt this way. And I feel like that's how all the situations are in bachelor world. It's like, there's always one person that says it, but like we all felt that way or whatever, but no one wants to own up to it. And I realized that in this franchise, there's a lot of fake people. Um, cause they'll say one thing and then to another person's face, they'll be their best friend. And that's what I don't really relate to. Cause I'm like, what, how could you not be yourself in that? Whatever. Anyways. So McKenna and I hashed things out in um, Cleveland and we knew that we were not getting along. So I'm like, let's have a real talk. 
we talked not with mics on and cause that's the way that I handle things. You know, I don't want it to be a blow up kind of thing until I got to that point later on, you know, in where was it? Really chilly, but she knew how I felt about her. It was not a surprise. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? And she's the one that actually got into fights with Kelsey and like Kelsey's the one that called her a child. So like, where do you think I got it from? I was just retaliating the words that everyone else was saying. Um, she just, there's people who clout chase in this world. And I mean, I get, I get it. It's very easy to, I know that you want to, we all want to at some point, but she was leeching onto people who were like the hottest thing that week. So she can get more airtime. That's what I think it was. And like, very clear that it was because all the other girls felt that way as well. I remember I accidentally stood in front of her, like just slightly, like my shoulder was like, just her shoulders, like right behind me. And she's like, can you not block me? And I'm like, camera is like this wide, like, <laughs> you know, and we hashed things out after the show, but she wanted to hash things out in front of the camera. And I'm just like, why is everything in front of the camera with you? So when I went on Olivia's podcast, she wasn't clearly listening to anything else that I was saying besides the quote unquote negative things of me explaining why we were getting into arguments. And then she blocked me again. So whatever, I can't, I can't help her at this point. She can do whatever she wants. She's irrelevant in my world and will coexist. And that's pretty much it. So then for you, what happened with Kelsey? Cause it, there was this dynamic that happened with you and it was around like Kelsey, you called her an alcoholic. Like what, what was that? What happened? And do you still stand by what happened with you and Kelsey? I never called her an alcoholic. To be fair. Okay. And I understand where that could be an assumption. I, I understand where the context is because everything else that I was doing and saying was in, insinuating that I was thinking that she was this person. And that was not it whatsoever. I was kind of using it as to bring back to my story of how, who I am as a lover, you know, with Peter. And they didn't show that, of course, but she was very emotional. And for someone who's not very emotional, I, it was hard to see that because you never want that. I mean, we were, we close friends. Absolutely not. But she spent the entire day by herself at the pool drinking wine. You know, we all have those days, you know, like we just get wine and ice cream and just like buy it out. But like, she was hurting really, really badly. And it was like for weeks, you know, cause this started all from Ohio. I was her roommate in Ohio and like, she would just keep crying and crying and crying. And like, you know, like you have those friends, you're like, I'm here for you, whatever. And it comes to a point where it's like, okay, like you need to step up and know that you're a bad bitch and it's time to like get up and do something about it and not just cry about it. You know, like I'm that friend and I feel like she needs, she needs people around her who like baby her almost. And that's okay. You know, we're all different types of personalities, but for me, I Mm -hmm. don't like pity parties, you know? So with the whole alcoholic thing, I don't think she's an alcoholic at all. I don't think she's a drug abuser. The drug thing came from Victoria P who was asking producers, like, what drugs is she on? Like, blah, blah, blah. So I was just, again, I'm the loudest freaking person in the room. So then they caught that clip on the mic. And now it's now it's Tammy's calling Kelsey a pill popper and an alcoholic, which I never said those things. You know, I said that her drinking and crying is a bit alarming because she's not doing any action to help her case. And so she's just being very emotional, which, okay, I get that. That's how sometimes people deal with things. That's just not how I deal with things. I don't know if that was the answer you were looking for. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I think 
from my experience as well, and like we've both been on the same show, it's difficult when you hear things from other people, whether that's on a mic or not, and kind of understand the dynamic or just you observing someone and either a bachelor not seeing it or just everyone in the house thinking it but not saying it. It can be very frustrating. So I will just say from me watching you and just like knowing what that's like, it's very hard to be that person that's going to say something or will stand up for themselves because mostly everyone will either back away or be against you. So I will commend you at least on that. That's, that is not easy. Because <laughs> when the whole cocktail party got canceled in Costa Rica, it's like almost they were blaming me. And like, was I bringing up the conversation first? Yes, absolutely. But a lot of the girls also voiced their concerns in their conversation with Peter about the same situation. But then when it came back to like, did you say it? They're like, oh no, it was just Tammy. Tammy only said it. Like I didn't say it. That's so <laughs> frustrating. Um, so you did thing that happens on every season that everyone says not to do. You went to Peter and you told him the dynamic of the house or the dyna- dynamic between McKenna and what was happening with you guys. Do you regret that? Do you think that was the way to go about it? Or regret it because it was Peter and I should have known that I would have not. This man is not going to love anyone other than someone who is a Caucasian girl unfortunately. So the man's vanilla as it gets in the best way possible. I love vanilla men, but (laughs) um, I should have known better. I thought my relationship with him was stronger than, than he thought it was. So I think that's where I fell short. Um, My conversation again, going to Peter was not to tattletale on people. It was to bring back a conversation of why I think these were red flags and where it triggers me as someone who loved an alcoholic before. And I was never calling her an alcoholic. I just said that when people tend to drown their sorrows in alcohol, like I know that's not a way to cope. And I'm a bartender. Like I see it all the time. So I think for someone who, if you're looking for a marriage, like they need to find other ways to cope and work with your partner to cope with these um, sad emotions. And I don't think that was the way to do it. But again, screw me because he didn't even want a wife like at the end of this. So. I think you and I had very similar bachelor dynamics as far as mine was very vanilla as well. And he did not want anything new with me. And I knew that, but it's hard to tell sometimes. Um, hard to think. I'm sure you've gone to this point where you just feel like you're, you're around for a token, you know, because you knew that you were never going to have a chance with the lead. Yeah. You know? Which is really unfortunate because you go into the experience like so excited about it. Like you were very focused on your career. This was your chance to focus on relationships and love and you don't even really get that full shot. So it can be very disheartening. I'm not asking for, you know, a miracle. I'm asking for just a shot and just a chance. And then I'll take that and I can use that and run with it. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But I wasn't even given that chance. For your two-on-one that happened with McKenna, like did you think that you were going home that night? Did you expect that? I did not think I was going home that night at all. I think I had, I gave evidence. I'm not here talking out of my ass. Like here's the evidence. I showed him that the blog post that she wrote saying that I will be on The Bachelor one day. Like that's one of her goals in life. Like my goal in life is to be on like Forbes 30 under 30. It's not to be on The Bachelor. Like, is that a great thing? Absolutely. And that's why I went on the show. But to have that as my main goal and aspiration in life, it's just we're two different people. And I gave him that proof and he took it. And again, I don't think he was listening to the words that I was saying. And that was frustrating because how could you have sent me home after that, after I gave you solid evidence of X, Y, Z? 
yeah, he kind of went with his own emotions versus like what was right in front of him, which I think we all saw that blow up in his face eventually at the end of the season anyway. So I think he may have learned his lesson. We'll see. So then what was that like seeing after McKenna went home after the season kind of unfolded? What was that like you as someone that was on the season and got to watch kind of the shit mess that happened at the end? Did you expect that? What did you think? I was expecting some bad things, but like it was way worse than I ever anticipated it being, especially you talk to producers before the show or before the episode airs and they kind of prepare you for it. But I feel like I was very too prepared for it to be positive and not negative. So, I mean, I do with criticism, I feel like pretty well, it comes at me, it's whatever, I really don't care. But when it was coming at that volume, or how could you not self-doubt yourself if like, am I a mean person? Am I this mean girl that everyone says that I am? Like, it's right there, like people are seeing it. So like, I don't know, I like, it was lots of self-doubt during that time. I mean, when I watch it back now without the noise of being on the current season, I go, that's who I am. Like I was standing up for myself and I don't talk out of my ass. And is it unfortunate? Absolutely. But that's not everything in life is going to be rainbows and butterflies. Like you do with hard shit. So you can do with tougher shit, you know? I like that you have that attitude about it because that is something that you do sign up for going on the show. And it it is, you expect it in some way, but it's never as real as when it actually happens to you and you're living it. I mean, I heard that even for you, people were commenting on like your real estate website and things that like had to do with your business, which is like tenfold way worse than just having it in your DMs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I can commend you just on your the confidence that you have and like the thick skin that you appear to have because it's not not easy. Yeah. I do have thick skin, but again, we're all human at the end of this. And I feel like people come at me harder because they're like, oh, she can take it. And it's like, yes, but like is it humane for me to take it? No. Um, people are commenting on my real estate brokerages page and leaving nasty comments about me. And like, that has nothing to do with it. Like, you listen, Karen from Oklahoma, I never bought, like helped you buy a house or sell your house. Like, why do you, why are you even doing this? You know, but people just take the show so seriously in their lives where they just like, I have to make this person hurt. And like, I can only imagine if I went to like their small business or like their friend's small business and said something just because I didn't like them. I, I don't even know how people like that can just be okay with posting those things online. You know, like um, it was kind of one of the reasons why I switched brokerages. So like, that's my, my livelihood outside of the show that I had to change because people were just so nasty. That's horrible that they, it got to that extent where you had to literally change what you were doing for business. Right. And like my phone numbers are on my signs and on my websites and that's my cell phone number. And people would call me on like apps. So like I wouldn't know their number, like leave me voicemails and like text and say that you're a shitty human, like you should die. Like, understandable. I can turn off an app on Instagram, but like my phone, I have to look at my phone with my business. So that's horrible. How did you mentally then handle that? Because like when it's coming from all directions like that, I can't imagine how you can mentally go through that. I mean, you are strong, but like, how did you get through that time? I think the way that I look at a lot of things in life is let yourself be upset. You know, it's going to hurt but you take it and use it as fire. And, you know, it's just kindling for your fire for the, your bigger aspirations in life. And again, I took it and again, use that anger or that emotion and just put it towards my work because that's what made me happy and exerting that energy into work. There was no way it could backfire, you know? So I think of 
everything that's tough in life as like a wound. Like if you cut yourself, it's going to hurt really badly. It's going to sting. But once it heals, it's healed. And like, you won't even remember how badly it hurt, even though you remember having a scar from cutting yourself, you know? I think that's how I look at it is that I'm not going to let these people win and I'm going to take their negativity and use it for my benefit. There you go. That's amazing. Yeah. And ultimately the more that it happens, the stronger you're going to get from it if you don't let yourself sit in it for too long. So I commend you. I want to kind of get your opinion to you on what happened at the end of the season because you were a part of it and seeing like Peter ending up with Hannah Ann and then a little bit of Maddie and then Kelly and then nothing. <laughs> like, what did you think about that watching it? <laughs> Does that feel good? Or I was really, I knew it was going to be Hannah Ann, but then when I saw the Maddie stuff, I'm like, that's so weird because their values are so different. So I think the reason why, oh, this is going to be a hard pill to swallow. I think the reason why his season was quote unquote um, a failure is because he himself wasn't there for the right reasons. I think he himself wanted also the clout. Again, it's a TV show. Yes, we all want clout at some, to an extent, but when you're disingenuine with all the actions that you do throughout the process, it's going to show, you know, and you can't really hide that. So I think him being with Kelly, I love that. I'm glad that they found a happy ending at the end of this, but like, look at what happened now. You know, he wants to party all the time is what the tabloids say. I don't know if that's true or not. They wanted two different things at the end of it. Yeah. I think you really nailed something there because it does show whether it's very clear or not. Authenticity will read. And I, I felt like that. I also felt like he wasn't sure what he wanted going into that and he still didn't really know after the process so that could have to do with a lot of reasons but yeah i think what you said is definitely has some truth to it i mean think of like all the success from bachelorettes compared to bachelors you know because bachelor the women thus far on bachelorettes they they want this relationship you know and i feel like for most of these guys the last couple of seasons it was kind of just like yeah it'd be pretty cool if i had a wife but It'd be better if I was the lead on a TV show. Yeah, exactly. So that's what happens. <laughs> and it's sad because then it almost feels like you as a contestant, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it feels like a waste in a little bit. Like that was my bachelor, but they weren't really in it for the right reasons. And it feels like what was the point, you know? Right. Again, there was definitely perks that came out of this um, at all, you know, silver lining. But is it frustrating in the moment? Absolutely. Because you're fighting. You're basically putting everything on the line. Or the end all be all, which was love, which is what you hope, you know, and for it to just be disingenuine the entire experience, it kind of just is like, well, I should have just fought the guys here in my town and dated them, you know, like, yeah. So then dating now, what is that like? Have you been dating since the show? I know we were in a pandemic, so it's hard, but I figured it out somehow. <laughs> um, Dude, yeah. So what's I your dating life? <laughs> I'm so jealous of you. But yeah, my dating life is non-existent as it was before. But we'll see what happens. Again, I it's not my priority right now. And I think I want someone who wants to be part of my life to be organic, a personality type person. So I don't want it just because you have to be here. I want you because you want to be here. Mm -hmm. What is your type, Timmy? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Yeah. I feel like I have so many different types of guys that I like. Um, I guess it depends on like the season that I'm in. Like I love, guys have to be funny. I mean, I feel like that's a given. You know, someone who has like really good banter because I'm kind of a dick. So like someone who can like jokingly being a dick as well, but someone who also can like set aside the emotion part of it and like, let's be emotion and like tackle our emotions together. Cause I'm not very emotion forward. Like in my relationships, I am, 
And I know it's very hard to see that, but when I care about people and my walls are down, it's, there's no measurement that's too much for me. Like not, there's not a, not too much money, not too much time that could be spent on the person, the people that I love. And that goes for friends, family, and significant others. Yeah. I mean, you've showed that with the way that you help raise your family growing up. Like that just shows how big your heart is and how much you care mm-hmm. about people. So I could totally see that. Do you think that we will be seeing that in another season of one of these shows on ABC? Possibly. I don't know. I The franchise is a bit icky to me right now. I hate that it's like that because I love the franchise. I love the producers that I've grown to love and the people that I met. But this fan base is so toxic. I don't know if it's good for my, my mental health to be there again. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Do you think that with the changes that they're making, do you see that there's an end goal for the franchise? Or do you think that it's going to continue on? Because I'm right now I'm not sure the way it's going. I'm not sure And I can only hope that these changes are going to be implemented, not to be just a Band-Aid on a big wound, but an actual stitch that will help heal the damages that has been done for the last dec- couple decades, you know? Um, I'm really hoping so. Because, and I really hope the fan base also adjusts to that as well. I feel like they're fiery and they just want to argue just to argue. But then when it comes to certain other things, they fight against that almost. Like people calling me, they were like saying that I'm not a person of color. So like, why am I speaking out on the whole people of color thing on the franchise? I'm like, um, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm not white. Google like, it. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> You're not. That's yeah. Mentality is it's like if it's not trendy, then they don't care about it. And then when it is trendy, they want to fight till the death, you know? And that those two extremes are not healthy ways to cope and create legitimate change. Yeah. I agree. Like it a lot of strides are yes being made from the franchise, but it, it does feel like a band-aid and it comes from changing the way that the fan base is, which I think is gonna come from editing and how the show is portrayed. Cause right now there's so much focus on the drama. I mean, we saw it in Matt's season. Half the season was just about like Victoria yelling at people. So I think it's going to take a shift in a lot of things besides just casting. Yeah. I think of it of such a business oriented person. I think of it from the show's point of view too. Like they only give us what the fans want to see, which is drama. If there was no drama this season, people would be complaining on Twitter. This season's so boring, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, it's reality TV. It's supposed to be kind of a dumpster fire, but like also the love aspect of a, the bachelor franchise itself, you know, I don't know. I, it's the fan base that has such a heavy weight on it. And they, I feel like they don't even know how heavy their weight is. So if there needs to be any change, it has to come from the fans first, because then that's what the franchise will give us is what the fan base wants to see. I mean, that's a huge point. And whether people realize it or not, they're checking Twitter, uh, like the producers and everyone are checking that they're checking like the follow count for who they decide who's going to be the leads, like just by watching who gets the most Instagram followers, which is definitely a difference based on if you go to people of color than to people or white people, essentially. So yeah, there's a lot of factors. Like the last four people, the finalists of this season, compared to white contestants of the previous seasons. Mm-hmm. It makes me so it's sad insane. to follow Bachelor data um, on Instagram and Twitter. And like, it's mind blowing. I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize it was that bad. When it's in a, like a spreadsheet, it's actually yeah. crazy to look at. Yeah. So I don't know. The numbers are there, you know, mm-hmm. they can cast mm-hmm. 75% people of color, but if it's not one shown and two, not retaliated by the fans, what was the, 
What are we doing exactly. here? Exactly. It's just the same thing over and over again, just with like a slightly different look. Yeah. Have you been watching any of the seasons and is there anyone that you may have your eye on for potentially paradise? Oh, you know what? I'm kind of excited for Katie's season because we'll get all of her leftovers. <laughs> um <laughs> I feel like, yeah, she could have some like really funny guys because they're going to cast people that have a personality, which is what you need. So yeah, I'm kind of just good. window shopping right now. I don't have eggs in a basket, but I told Katie before she left, I go, save me all the good ones. If you're <laughs> plenty of them out. Pick someone that sucks. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that too. It's like going to be a lot of girl power on that season. Um, if you do go to Paradise, you need to know that you're going to need a fan of some sort. It's freaking hot. Your, okay, your I will face will melt off. And just be, like yeah, yeah. Buy one of those and be just prepared to um, be sleeping outside, essentially. Unless they pick a new location, which they might, but it's rough. <laughs> Any other words of wisdom that I should prepare myself for? I mean, I, you're going to have to fight for sure. It's not an easy process, but you have the perfect personality for it. And I think try to find someone quickly and try not to end up in a love triangle because it'll just it'll just suck for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like try and fall in love right away, both on both sides. God, okay. Yeah, I mean, or just be like me, and I was just like friends with everyone. I was just chilling for like a month, so there's that too. I like. I don't know what's gonna happen. I feel like there's so many backed up of seasons that are gonna be on Paris. If I go, I don't know if I'm going, but it should be very interesting, you know, because a lot of the girls from my season are all taken. So. Really? That's true. I was talking to McKenna about that, actually, which is kind of nice to hear that people have found people on the outside. I'm happy for them. And that kind of leaves me more variety to pick from. So maybe less love triangles and more of speed dating kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know? But Yeah. Would you plan on talking to anyone beforehand like many of my contestant <laughs> friends have done? Ooh. It went both ways for a lot of people. So would you would you slide in a DM or two maybe? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I would I would say it's kind of worth it if if you really like someone. Okay. I'm again, I'm such a personality person. I really meet them. Um, I have a trip planned that I probably will be meeting a couple of them. So we'll see then. But I don't know, it could backfire and I could hate all of them and I'll be lonely on the beach. <laughs> yep, or you could be like a Blake situation and yeah. then like do that and then have it blow up in your face. But you never know. It's super fun either way. <laughs> We love mess. We um, love mess. <laughs> like I mean, a Marie Kondo. Dating is, you know, it's just a lot of mess because if you can't wither out the mess, how are you going to find the gold mine at the end? Exactly. It's worth it. Um, Tammy, you are very entrepreneurial, inspirational. So I just kind of want to know, like, first, where do you get this confidence from? And if you could bottle it up and teach it to someone, what would you say? And then, two, I kind of want to break down, like, your career path and what you're doing now after the show? Oh, my confidence comes from lots of trial and error in life. Um, lots of hurt, but again, using that hurt to fuel the love in your life. Cause that's just way more heavily weighted than hurt could ever build. And if I were to bottle it up, I'd say just whatever you want in life, you a hundred percent can get it. If you work hard enough for it. And if you manifest it, believe in it and put in the work, like there's no way that you can't get what you want in life, in my opinion. You know, dream it. If you want it enough, you will make it happen. I love that. I agree completely. And it shows you're doing much of that from what I can see. Um, and then talk to me about all of these, like, what do you have five jobs? Like, what are you doing? 
How are you balancing? How are you managing? I have six Teach jobs, me. And it sounds crazier than it really is. Um, I think because I'm so used to chaos, but I'm a real estate agent. I'm an insurance agent. I have my own marketing company. I'm an actor and model even before mm-hmm. bachelor stuff, like not cool stuff though, like billboards and you know, those things. It counts. <laughs> it counts. Um, I'm also a bartender at two different bars. So I'm working with a lot of projects right now that um, aren't official yet, but it'll be big things and hopefully that'll mm-hmm. pan out after pandemic is done. But is that six? Was that? Yeah. Oh, I'm an investor and I flip houses. Do you, would you say that any of the things that you do, is that like your passion or what you want to end up doing or like what you feel like is your purpose or are you on the road to finding that? Um, I do have a plan and I think all, everything that I do contributes to that plan. So nothing I do is non-purposeful. So we'll see. We'll see where you end up. I love it. Last question I have is this podcast is called something to share. So any, Last thing on your heart, anything that you think someone could hear today that you'd just like to share? I think um, since right now we're focusing on like the stop the Asian hate thing lately, and it's been tough to see, but know that being an Asian American just makes you so unique um, and you fight for things that no one could ever even imagine. And we all have our hardships, but just keep on fighting. And that's what we were raised to do in Asian culture is like, just keep working towards it, keep fighting because it'll all pay off in the end. And I know it hurts right now and we don't deserve to hurt forever, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel, whether that be ginormous change or change in just your own personal life. But I hope that there are going to be more people who look like you and I that are in the public eye that can make those big changes. Um, And the more of us that are in the limelight, we'll be able to voice that for all of our Asian cultures. So I love that. That's huge. Yeah. It's hard to see and imagine that it's happening so often now. And that a lot of it's to like elderly people and people that are just so innocent. It's insane. So yeah, stop, make it stop. But yeah, Tammy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for just like being the strong woman that you are and representing yourself so well. And I'm excited to watch more before you go. Can you just tell everyone like website, Instagram, anything that they can find you yeah. on? So you guys can find me on Instagram at Tammy K Lee um, on Twitter. I think as who is Tammy K TikTok. I don't really post to it, but that's also Tammy K Lee, basically anything there. And yeah, just stay tuned. I appreciate everyone's support who do, who do support. It means a lot and it doesn't ever go unnoticed. So big things are to come. Yay. One more question, actually. Um, are you still wrestling? <laughs> okay. So it's so funny because they love that storyline, but I yeah. have wrestled since high school. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I was on a varsity boys team in high school and that's when I stopped because I was just working, but I will take a boy's butt 100%. That's incredible. That's why you're intimidating. You can like literally kick a boy's ass. I like, actually put you- Peter over my shoulder during the pillow fight day and that wasn't shown. You're lying. That, that man is a whole foot taller than I am. It's probably because he was so embarrassed. I mean, he's a little skinny, so (laughs) that makes sense. Wow. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to watch more. Thank you. I love you. It's so nice meeting you. And like, again, having people like you in the franchise that I can rely on and like open to is it means a lot because I don't know what to do with any other person that has been an alum. So thank you for that. And also, like I said, hi. (laughs) I will. And anytime you need to reach out, I'm excited to hear about Paradise. But if you have more questions or anything, just let me know. I'm an open book. 
We'll do. All right, Thank girl. You so much. You're welcome. Bye. Good luck. Bye. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Bye.